fam. This is Old Movies for Young Stoners, the podcast where people get high and watch crazy old movies and get high and shit. Like, some of these movies, man, people don't even have words coming out of their mouth. Like, they can't talk. They just mouth out words. There's no sound and shit, just a piano playing. It's it's Bob, so Bob, weird. Bob, what the, Bob, what, uh, what what the hell, man? Where's the big radio announcer voice? What are you doing, man? I'm so stoned. I've been vaping bong rits of lids of tie stick, and it's like movies are playing in my head, man. Like I don't even have to watch movies. I'm so. What the hot. fuck are you doing? What? Yeah. Uh, um. You know. Uh. It's a stoner podcast, and I I thought the whole game show host vibe wasn't very stony. Bob, and we all know that you're a poser stoner anyway. It's okay. The kids don't care anymore. They they don't. What what you know? I mean, people used to you know. It used to be bad to be a poser though. It used to be terrible. You know. Yeah, no one gets into fistfights in high school parking lots over how goth or metal you are anymore. It just doesn't happen. There's no authenticity. Really? It's it's all just like TikTok and stuff. It's it's just yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Bob. Why don't you just hit him with some of that old Count Dante razzle dazzle? Cha cha cha. Okay, let's try this again. This is Old Movies for Young Stoners, the podcast that pairs cannabis with cult and classic films to enhance your trip through cinema history. This is our season three premiere, and we have been taken over by cute kitty cats, the cutest infestation. The Criterion Channel has a whole cat movie series this month, so this is our cat episode. Meow. A magic cat with new wave glasses has the power to reveal everyone's true natures in The Cassandra Cat, a Czech new wave oddity from 1963. And then, nuclear radiation and pesticides make a man so small that he becomes prey for his once lovable house cat in The Incredible Shrinking Man, a sci-fi classic from director Jack Arnold in 1957. Cats rule the internet! And this podcast is on the internet, so they're ruling us, too. All right here on Old Movies for Young Stoner. Was wash and dry. There's a cat in the dryer by the loudmouths on the cat episode of Old Movies for Young Stoners, the podcast that helps you to be and do be. Big thanks to Beth Allen for that one. And somebody, please get that kitty cat out of the dryer. I'm Bob Calhoun, and joining me are actor, influencer, and fashionista Felina Franklin. Woo! 
He's your guide on the Hollywood Punk Rock Graveyard Tour. Look it up on Instagram. Corey Sklar. Thanks for not showing uh, the movie Cats, Bob. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we, we've we've been there, man. We fought that war back at the Grand Lake, man. That's right. That's right. Back at the Grand Lake. And he's an animation director and co-founder of Six Point Harness Studios, Greg Franklin. Hey, thanks, everybody. Welcome back, Bob. Welcome back, team. Ready to, uh, you know, hit this new season running. Greg, I, I want to begin the new season with a question for you. Oh. Is you're, you're an animator. You're a very experienced mm -hmm. animator. Steamboat Willie, the very first Mickey Mouse cartoon, has been public domain since January 1st. How much Mickey Mouse porn have you created in the last three weeks? Yeah, Dad. He froze. <laughs> that shit froze his ass. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get Greg back in a little bit. I've got some other questions. I think, no, I think what really happened was that he got so scared he left. Yeah, you got him yeah. shook. <laughs> you shook got him. him shook. Okay. I will, shook. I will say the first thing I saw on Twitter at midnight when Steamboat Willie became public domain was a big gif of mickey mouse jacking off <laughs> I, I i i saw him like like doing a tantric move to blow himself yeah, what yeah yeah <laughs> we're talking about you greg we're talking about we're talking shit about that fucking question knocked you off the internet greg <laughs> yeah i didn't even hear get the question okay the question it. greg you're an animator yeah. Yes. Uh, Steamboat Willie's been public domain since oh, January yes. 1st. How much Mickey Mouse porn have you created since then? Have I created? <laughs> well, Greg, I mean, I assume it's what all you guys are just doing round the clock right now. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of more of a Daffy Duck fan. You know, I'm waiting for Daffy Duck to uh, to become public domain to uh, make some make some porn with him. So you're going to wait till you're like 67 years old or whatever for that to happen? <laughs> yes, I'm waiting for the Roadrunner and Coyote to become uh, public domain. I want to see uh, I want to see a threesome <laughs> with those three caballeros. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. tres caballeros. <laughs> the, International. You know, that whole hetero act of Donald's in that. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> 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 yeah, but we were we were also talking about how all the the sex we saw Mickey Mouse having at midnight on <laughs> yeah. on Twitter my, X. My, my Twitter was just exploding oh. with Mickey Mouse gifs of him doing terrible. Mickey things. licking his own butthole. <laughs> Mickey. Well, you could himself. make you could always his own ass. <laughs> yeah, he was he was eating his own ass because. But he, but he has no. to have that. He has to have that stupid fucking steamboat hat on the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta draw him like really crudely with uh with uh just the what it what did they they call it the ball and stems or whatever, Greg? There's like a word. Yeah, that they refer yes, it's uh, you know, uh, when when you're um constructing a character like that, you use balls and stems. You know, or if you're getting, if you're feeling, you know, ambitious, you could try the old flower sack exercise. Mm, I love these uh, insider terms. I don't know. Oh, yeah. These. Well, this is animation school. I'll take you guys cool. all to school right now. I feel like I'm at um, CalArts. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I didn't see any porn of him, but I did see him getting shot a lot. Ooh, wow. Shit. You, yeah. have a you have a different feed than I. I have a different. Well, <laughs> I, I don't have Twitter. I'm oh, on TikTok. Good for, good for you. I'm on TikTok. So there's no porn, but you are allowed to shoot. 
Oh, so so Elon, this is where Elon's free speech thing works. As we get over on X, we get to see lots of Mickey getting blown. On Blue Sky, there will be a yes. warning about porn, and you can click on it. Yeah. Because when I first joined Blue Sky, it was all wall-to-wall furry porn, and I didn't even realize it was porn because it's just this drawing of, like, a cartoon fox posing alluringly, and I'm like, oh, oh my shit, God. this is no. fucking porn so to people. funny. It's always so funny because I can't tell. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, that's an ass. Oh, that's a, that's a dick and balls. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, so, yeah but you can't even tell at first. I, I, I would I appreciate Blue Sky's warning because I was scrolling uh, X Twitter this morning and I saw a picture of Mike's uh, from Monsters Inc.'s nutsack and I don't want to see that. That's kind of redundant. He kind of looks like a nutsack anyway. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, do, do the, is there a nutsack epi- exercise for animators to create characters? Great. <laughs> yeah, that's the flower sack. Exactly. Yeah, the flower sack. That's what it really is. Um, exactly. Well, in case you need to, you know, to. In case you need a little to dry out that area, you know, you could do the flower sack. Yeah, uh, yeah. Animation. But yeah, you could do anything on, on X Twitter. I mean, you could be Nazi. You could yeah. do uh, monster and on, porn. Yeah, and, on, and on, on TikTok, you can only see Mickey unalived. Yeah, unalived. Unalived. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, can't mm. criti- you can't have Mickey criticize Elon Musk in any meaningful way, though, on X. Yeah. Like if can. Mickey was trying to organize a Tesla union, he would be out. He would just be bad. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Okay, other other news item. Uh, you know, Jodie Foster is back. There's a new season of True Detective with Jodie Foster, a yes. a maybe a, a Felina's unaware, but she is a lesbian icon, kind of a aging lesbian I'm a icon. Fully aware. Excuse okay, fully aware. Me? I but, love the gays. But this is I am, this... I'm part of the gays and I love them. Okay, but you might not love what she said about your generation, Felina. Uh, Jodie Foster describes what she finds, quote unquote, really annoying about working with Gen Z. This is by Marianne Garvey of CNN, published on January 8th. The Oscar winning actress gave an interview to The Guardian in which she described an observation she's noticed among some members of Gen Z who she has worked with. They're really annoying, especially in the workplace, Foster said. They're like, nah, I'm not feeling it today. I'm going to come in at 1030 a.m. or like in emails. I'll tell them this is all grammatically incorrect. Did you not check your spelling? And they're like, why would I do that? Isn't that kind of limiting? Uh, Thoughts, Felina, about uh, gay icon Jodie Foster here and her, her take on your generation. Wow. First of all. What if I want to come in at 10.30 a.m.? <laughs> what if I am having a bad mental health day? Um, I don't know. I just, I, there's something there. There is something there because I did see a TikTok that was like, where's the accommodations for people with time blindness? And, <laughs> and everybody was like, there was this girl and she, she made that video and she was like cr- literally crying and was like, there needs to be accommodations because I'm like chronically late and that's just like not my fault. And it's like, girl. I'm going to use that on my boss tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jody, Jody, if you're listening, uh, Felina sounds like she's amenable to your advice because there is a little bit about Jody Foster <laughs> trying to mentor the young and how to make it in the business. I will say this, though. 
in defense of youngins is I don't think they look forward to nearly the kind of wealth and and prosperity through the entertainment business that Jodie Foster has enjoyed. And totally. Yeah, I, I do think that some of the slack, it's like when you, you know, even through my generation, even through Gen X, you thought putting up with all this heinous bullshit would get you at least a decent place in Tarzana someday. Like you would <laughs> you'd maybe take it on the chin a little more. But I, I mean, Greg, Greg and Six Point Harness, they've they've always been very helpful hooking me up with producers to try to get shows made based on my crappy books and things. And I I appreciate it. But there was a point last year during the writer's strike where I was reading this tweet thread from one of the showrunners of The Bear. And he was talking about how broke he was, even though he was a showrunner of this acclaimed show. And it just totally took the wind out of my sails to ever try to put together a show Bible and try to deal with producers or anything ever again. It was like, why am I doing this? I'm just going to stick with my my, you know, regular job. Jodie Foster uh, sucks. She was she's so party line. Keep the old ways going. And like great actress. Come on. Freaky Friday is the shit. Silence of the Lambs, one of the great performances of all time. but. Do you remember a couple years ago on the Oscars when she did a big old defense for Mel Gibson during one of oh, her speeches? Oh, that's right. Yeah, like, you're fuck, right. Fuck her. She's like, she's like, you're all terrible for not letting this man work. We got to let him back. He's a great man. I'm like, fuck off, dude. Whatever. But you? I could change her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so embedded. And you know what? There is something to be said for showing up on time, giving a performance, being a professional. And those people will, you know, make it farther than the Gen Zers that show up on with, when they're time blind. But like, also, like, who cares? Who are you pleasing? These gross Weinstein types? Like, fuck off. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I think I'm too much of a people pleaser because I want to please. I want to please everyone. But well, I that's also... how you. That's how you get work and keep working. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But... You be co- you be cool and easy to work with, and it goes. It takes you a long way in life. True. True AF. It also has less Jodie Foster's yelling at you, and <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. you know, which, which I mean, that talk about stress. I mean, true. You know, she was great in the Kung Fu episode that she's in, though, when she was, <laughs> and I'm sure she would uh, um, defend uh, David Carradine's use of yellow face if she was asked. <laughs> she probably oh. would. Yeah, she probably would. She's a, she's in Taxi Driver, right? Yes, she's plays yeah. the yes. the twelve uh, year old prostitute. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. There you go. That's like That's how great, uh, great performance. Hollywood's yes. been messed up for a long time, Jody. Oh yeah. <laughs> According to Harvey Keitel, she will make your That's code. That's right. What he says about her. Yeah. Oh. Well, his character. <laughs> yeah. His character. Yeah. His yeah, character. Yeah. No, this wasn't. This wasn't an interview with. <laughs> I thought you were saying for realsies. I was like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. no. This is questionable whether I'll leave this in, but it might be. Yes. You, know, <laughs> you you sometimes want to leave disgusting shit in like that just to see if anybody's listening. Like, is it a badge of honor that somebody on Blue Sky is mad at us? I don't know. We don't have enough <laughs> listeners for me to really. Let's test get it. canceled. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Then I could then I could get one of those cool Ben Shapiro jobs that Don Lemon is gunning for. <laughs> like like him like what are you punishing yourself by listening to Ben Shapiro? What's up, Don? I mean There's actually a girl who I did improv with who uh works for Ben Shapiro now and she is uh she has her whole platform where she talks about 
like she she reacts to TikToks and and is like, you know, here's why right wing people are right. <laughs> I oh, thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say because he's brought up Ben Shapiro, Felina, and he said, "Well, actually, I thought you were gonna say, well, actually, he has some pretty good ideas." Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, another another news item that I've I've selected. I I was a little too proactive with news items, guys. I'm sorry, but what about the whole Barbie as an adaptation versus an original screenplay controversy? Judd Apatow. Uh, in the LA Times says putting Barbie in the Oscars as in the adapted screenplay is insulting. Guy's got to shut up. Always talking about something. <laughs> he so he thinks it should be in the original screenplay category. Yeah, he does. He does. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It should be in the original. But it's based. It's not really an adaptation. I mean, it is based. It, it is. It's all the characters are for, are, are from. Mattel. Yeah, but it's not based. I mean, like the story is all her. It's irreverent, but I mean, it is an adaptation. I think it's an adaptation. I think, and it's yeah, that world was already built with all those characters, right? So it's a uh, wildly original take. I don't know, but it's an adaptation. I, I mean, really, what this is is Barbie is the movie of the year. I mean, there's like when people, it's like Star Wars is to 77, Barbie is mm -hmm. to 2023. There's no doubt about it. I don't care how much Oppenheimer made. Uh, Barbie is the definitive movie of the year, and it's not really going to win very much. No. Uh, it, it's like no. it might even be iced out of best song because it's got a couple of best song contenders. Right. Uh, you know, I think I am, I'm just no, I don't think so. Win. I think it's, I think that's a it, lock. Yeah. I think that Billie Eilish is a lock. Yeah, they, they love when voting for her. did it end? <laughs> well, yeah, but then that fucking Ken song is pretty pretty rocking, too. It's I don't know. It's so iconic. Everyone's going to vote for that, for yeah. sure. But yeah. but but still, I, I could see why uh, Gerwig and Baumbach tried to get that, because they should win some, creative, some major creative award, yes. and they're not going to, because it's like in Adapted, they are, it's really just jockeying for position. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's an adaptation too because it's like it, it's a where do you draw the line? Yeah, you know it's not fair. I mean, even though what they did was like very, um, like their their accomplishment is different because what they did was they took this the almost like the ultimate corporate product and were completely subversive with it. You know, they did whatever the fuck they wanted with it, and they commented on it, the good and the bad and the everything. And 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 that's that's amazing that they were able to navigate that through this incredibly protected, incredibly touchy corporation. You know, we've we've I've done a lot of work with Mattel, and I'm shocked that this happened. Yeah, they were I'm able shocked. to really nail it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, but it's 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 the movie of the year. It really should get more than it's going to get from the Oscars because they could just vote for the Oscar bait. What they did was too good. It's like it's too it. It's so. It, it should be its own category, but because they were the first, it's not. There's no category for what they've done. But yeah, that's it. Uh, anybody, how was everybody's uh, holidays? How was your vacation? How was all that? That's that's me for news. I did see Poor Things, Felina, and I got to know your feelings on Poor oh Things. Oh my God, I want to see it so bad. You haven't seen oh it yet? Oh my God, not right. yet. No, I really want to see it. All right, next, oh. epi next episode, I want your Next opinion, episode, because so yeah. I've okay. been I have been meaning to watch it. I have seen Saltburn, though. Oh, I, I wanted oh, to... Oh, oh. We wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about that, so continue, please. I have a question about that. It's not I what you perps are it. thinking. I love it. Greg took so off his, his headphones as to not have he any spoilers. He took it off. I mean, I'm not going to... I won't spoil no anything. Spoilers. I'm not, no spoilers. No spoilers. But 
I love that movie so fucking much. And everybody on TikTok is like, oh my God, it's the most disturbing, disgusting movie I've seen all, all year. And it's like, hello, have you never been so deeply like craving somebody? I don't know. Whatever. I would drink Jacob Elordi's bathwater any day. Got it. Okay. But that's... Well, there's a spoiler. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, spoiler. yeah, no, it's, it, there is a uh, menstrual. Okay, there spoiler, is. another spoiler. It's I'm a spoiler. Okay, spoilers. Dude, dude, that should be on the poster of the movie. I know, that's, for real. Like, you hear that shit, you're like, I've got to watch this fucking movie. Like, I think we're too obsessed with spoilers. Like, the movie with the three Spider-Men in it, it's like, oh, we can't reveal this. You have to be shocked and surprised by it. It's like, that would be the only thing to get my ass in the theater. Tell yeah. me this shit. Tell me this shit. <laughs> um, my question for you on Saltburn, it's not going to embarrass your dad is it takes place in 2006, which for me is like Boogie Nights taking place in the 70s when I'm seeing it in the 90s, to put it into perspective for the olds. It's a period uh, piece. I love it. Do you feel that there's a nostalgia among people your age for the mid-aughts, as they call them? There's there is a whole resurgence on TikTok um, for like Y2K fashion, like early, early 2000s. I am every day I see things that are like POV. You grew up um, in the early 2000s as a little girl. And it's like pictures of like my little pony and uh, running around in a field. And it's like, yeah, I did that when I was a kid. There's a lot of nostalgia bait for the early 2000s. And I I'm here for it. I'm so done with everyone being like i was a 90s kid i was a little baby 90s kid no i was a 2000s kid and this is my truth anyway yeah. <laughs> Corey, any any thoughts on mid-aughts nostalgia i mean i was i mean what how did how do they signify mid-aughts nostalgia are they like listening to peaches and stuff like they're listening yeah there's old music there's like <laughs> older music uh the Jacob killers <laughs> like yeah silly um, there's uh an eyebrow piercing <laughs> I guess That's we're re- I guess we're ready. I guess we're ready for mid-aughts uh, nostalgia. When are Uggs in lowrider jeans going to come back? They're back. They're back, they're back already. Because I know back. we've got these um, nowadays. There's these little short Uggs that everyone really likes. They're Uggs, but like t- they're incredibly shrinking. <laughs> the incredible shrinking Uggs. They aren't up to your <laughs> knees anymore. They're like they're like booties. I guess right. Yeah, they're like, little booties. They're they're little booties, and there's ones there that are even just like shoes, <laughs> not wow. boots. Wow! Wow! Hey everybody, we finally have a website. Visit us at oldmoviesforyoungstoners.com where you can stream our latest episodes and learn more about our hosts and all the amazing guests we've had on the show. Plus, we've got links to all of our social media accounts on there, so we won't have to keep saying those things on the show. Check us out at oldmoviesforyoungstoners.com or you can drop us a line at oldmoviesforyoungstoners at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. What's that? At first, all Jimmy could see was the grass moving and then a kitten, a lost kitten. There isn't room for you at our home, thought Jimmy. Maybe Grandfather will let you stay on the farm. But Grandfather only keeps animals that are helpful. Jimmy knew that. So that was when Jimmy really began to think about the ways animals help us. Of course, like most of us, the kitten will have to grow before it can do its work. But when it is grown, it will help. Have you guessed how? 
The Czech or Czechoslovak New Wave is back on Old Movies for Young Stoners. The last time we talked about it was way back in Season 1 when we paired weed with the phantasmagoric Valerie and her Week of Wonders. And we've got plenty of that Czechoslovakian surrealism this time with this tale of a magic cat who lays bare the petty corruptions of a small Eastern European town. At first, the film's gray-striped tabby in punky shades is welcomed by the bored townspeople when he arrives with the magician and the lovely assistant. However, when the cat's fashion-forward specs come off, the feline's gaze makes everyone show their true colors. Literally, adulterers turn yellow, thieves are gray, lovers turn red, and liars take on a rich shade of purple. With their social order in chaos, civic leaders resolve to kill the kitty so they can all return to publicly towing the party line while cheating and conniving behind the scenes. Can the town's school children save the cat and keep a little magic in their overly mandated lives? With Vlastimil Brodsky as the cool teacher who lets kids listen to tall tales from the town drunk played by Jan Werish who doubles as the magician. Directed by Vojta Jasny in 1963, this is The Cassandra Cat. Uh, Felina, your, your reaction to The Cassandra Cat, and then we'll get Corey. First of all, I really appreciate any story that begins with Once Upon a Time. I just think that that's really sweet, I and and it brings a lot of like good, good vibes, good energies right off the bat. I laughed so hard out loud. I thought this movie was so fun and funny and adorable. Okay. A cat wearing sunglasses. You cannot go wrong. That's right. You cannot go wrong. He is he is so swaggy with it. He is so adorable. He's just a little cat, but he can know he knows everything about you just by looking at you. I loved the scene where they were where uh after the principal shot the bird and he had it taxidermied and they were skipping around the room and f- and as pretending that the bird was flying that was probably i think the funniest punniest funniest piece of cinema i've ever seen in my life it was so good i have really nothing but amazing things to say about the cassandra cat it serves cunt it's super sweet it brings <laughs> a lot of joy um you get you and... get experimental theater involved in this yes yes <laughs> Yeah, I just I think that this this whole movie is completely iconic. This is something that I think everybody needs to watch as a little kid or as an adult. Just I think everybody needs to see this movie. Corey, uh, your thoughts on the Cassandra cat. Do you want to give us a little more of a summary of it? I summarized it in the opening, but maybe we need a little more about who the different forces are in this town and what happens in it. Okay, well, this movie starts off with an old, fat, handsome man. He keeps talking about how handsome he is. Talking about the townspeople, and the people are just going about their their day, and it's a small couple years before the Prague Spring. Things aren't quite as racy as Valerie and her Week of Wonders, I'll say that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this, this circus troupe comes to town, this magic traveling experiment i don't know they're like mum and chance or something and they put on a, they put on a show for the people um the the bored townsfolk of this little czech town and uh the magician is there and he's he's telling little morality tales and 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 telling people that look this cat they have got cats 
They have a lot of cats. They have like circus cats. This traveling they have circus. Two cat. I think there's only one cat. No, because because during the show, like the four cats appear, and oh, then you're right. and then he takes the guy from the audience to be like the other cat. It was really funny. And uh, so they have circus cats, and yeah, Felina's right. You have a lot of cats. You have a lot of cat movies. Only one movie has a cat in goddamn sunglasses, looking cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And when when this cat takes off his sunglasses, it's like they live. But we could all see what the cat sees. Uh, they turn a shade of color. The yellow people are adulterers. The gray people are what? Thieves. Thieves. They steal. The purple people are like social climbers and liars, right? Yeah, and they they really lay into careerists. In yeah, career, careerists. Yeah. Oh, because communism. That's why. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Mm. And um, there was a blue person at one point, and I don't know why. I forgot what the blue person was. Blue are uh, hypocrites, I Thank think. Thank you. Yeah, blue's hypocrites. Liars, hypocrites. And red people are true heart love people, which is... And and, uh, and ordinary people are just nothing. They're nothing. Yeah, they don't <laughs> change at all. They didn't, have enough, they didn't have enough paint on set. They are but, the most <laughs> complex people of all, according to like the narrative at one point. Well, when this cat exposes people's literal true colors boy does this send the town into chaos the adults are mad but the kids are loving it the kids love this yes. cat they name him tabby and they're like we love this cat who shows the adults their true colors so Fuck the yeah. the adults that there's a bad man who's like the schoolmaster, and he's like i got and he this bad man loves to kill animals and stuff them which we learn in the movie isn't that great of a thing to do. We have enough pictures of animals. We don't need to kill them. Anyway, uh, the schoolmaster tries to, tries to take Tabby away because he's causing uh, civic, civil chaos amongst the, the, the townsfolk. And the kids, what do they do? This is great in communist Czechoslovakia is they stage a protest. And they go away and they hide and no one could fucking find them. And they demand that the cat comes back. No spoilers from this very old movie, but um, not very old, it's from 1963. But boy, what a whimsical morality tale this is. I really liked it. And it is, this is what this movie, this show is all about, are these really crazy, weird stoner movies. It is a kid's movie, but it is, it is a head movie too, because it gets pretty fantastical. And the effects are very cool. When everyone turns into cool colors, I love when people are all one color. I think it's a cool effect. And, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, beautiful. Also, there's, beautiful. There's, 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 I learned a couple things in this movie is that you could, if you get a bump on your head, put an iron to it and iron your head. And then there's one point where um, he talks about Diana. Uh, the, the star of the movie is the teacher who teaches the kids. He's, he's like our main protagonist. He's a uh, cool teacher. He lets them paint and he lets, he yeah. has the town, he has Oliva, the town kind of know-it-all drunk caretaker of the uh, of that one building, the tower, uh, tell them crazy stories of being a sailor. And he falls in love with the trapeze uh, artist woman in, in the circus. And at one point he says, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And he's right. This is like the hottest woman I've ever seen in a movie until we see the Incredible Shrinking Man. But so the, you, you get some, you get some total babe action. And uh, this is this is a fun movie. I have a couple complaints about it is that I wish there was more cat, you know? Um, I, I need more tabby if, if, if that now I want to say another thing this movie is known as a couple things internationally I like the title to the Cassandra cat even though they never call it that in the movie I don't really quite know what that means but it's also called when the cat comes the cat who wore sunglasses what is this salt burn oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a murder on the dance floor <laughs> the cat the cat who wore sunglasses which is a cool title 
And oh, then that's good. One day a cat, not that great, kind of broken English, and then that cat. So anyway, this one goes by a number <laughs> of. But Bob, where the hell did you find this movie? I've never heard of this movie in my life. I get the Criterion emails, and I'm you know because I'm programming the show, I always go through them. And months ago, before the cat series, like I watched this. For, Rosie and I first watched this movie a couple months ago because they sent out an email with like it'll have like two or three movies they think you should pay attention to and they ha were hyping it and i'm like it's this movie is this czech movie about a magic cat and so we watched it and we we, we were blown away by it and i'm like we've got to do this on the show oh, I'm glad. yeah thank you it's a it's a wonderful fantastic stony movie and the only other czech new wave movies i've seen are valerie and Eureka wonders and daisies which are very uh, rapey and incesty and creepy yeah. and sexy and this one doesn't have any of that. Like, so anyway, this is very whimsical and fun and, uh, and there's no sex stuff. Now, is there a political message in this movie? Is there like, I Oh uh, yeah, no, it, uh, Greg, uh, you yeah, thoughts, but absolutely power to the people, right? The kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could see why the Soviet tanks rolled in a few years later after watching this. <laughs> right. Yeah, the uh -huh. Soviets rolled in in 68 to crush the Prague Spring, which was political, but it, it took the Czech New Wave and the Czech music scene down with it. It was, yes. uh, they were definitely, I think they were more freely expressing themselves in this movie than they were in the United States in 1963. You brought up the Czech New Wave in general. I don't know that I've seen a French New Wave film that is anywhere near this kind of tone. You know, like most of the French New Wave films I've seen are like uh, deconstructed film noir with that are just about as unwoke as old film noir. This is a movie about empowering children to overthrow our authoritarian leadership Fuck through the yeah, which is great, and it's a great message. It's a it's a great film. It's a movie that I wish that I had shown you, Felina, growing up. That I didn't even know about it. Yeah, what the um, hell? Well, you know, I just, that's my own ignorance. And as a guy who would probably be turned some kind of color by that cat, I, I have to uh, <laughs> have to own it. I don't know. What I don't color? Know. I all probably of, all of them. All of them. All of the colors. Oh, no. I love, I love the, the guy who turns every color. He's, oh, yeah. he's a chameleon. Just run out of town. It's yeah. like so great. Uh, uh, I'm uh, the careerist color. What was again. the careerist color? Yes. Purple. I mean, I'm I purple. Exactly. I feel, I feel like I feel like if there was a dubbed version of this, like Pippi Longstocking style, it would have been a lot much more successful and you know they showed yes it during on it, TV yeah, during, for sure. during, on sundays on the ktla family film festival or something oh my that, god that would have been, been amazing. amazing yeah it would it would be in all of our you know psyches it would be in our dna this movie it's like that good this is a is a really like in the criterion with the super widescreen you know the new the new restoration is really fantastic it's really gorgeous i i think it i think it's great great film thank you bob I, I have to thank Corey, too, because he programmed Valerie in her Week of Wonders. And I have to say, the Czech New Wave until then was a real blind spot for me. That, uh -huh. you know, I knew it existed and I knew it was something I should know about. But besides, like, maybe a noir Eddie showed at Noir City or something, mm -hmm. which those weren't really... The things that kind of have noir crossover aren't really the ones that go, oh, my God, I have to watch more of these. It's the surreal stuff like Valerie and the Cassandra cat. Well, OK, so can we put this in a timeline where you've got the Prague Spring? Where does Valerie's Inner Week of Wonders fall? It, it's the final film of it. And it, it only uh. passed through like Soviet influence uh, censors. 
because it was a folk tale. It, it's like what's right. that movie that you wanted to program that you wanted on the show and we haven't done it yet? That's on Shutter, the Soviet film with witches oh, and stuff. Oh, v. 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 Those v. things. Those things. V. Is, you, you watch those things and you think how you know because we watch them through american yeah. eyes where we're right. like how did this get through but to soviet censors it's like oh it's a folk tale we'll let this pass so yeah valerie in a week of wonders in 1970 is the very last film that's considered the czechoslovak new wave okay but it's a it's ironic that the innocent film is the one that gets censored the one with the positive message is the one that gets censored the one with the horrible raping polecat is just fine, just dandy. <laughs> the party line people are definitely people kissing Soviet ass in this movie, and we're you gonna just I, yeah, we're, we're just gonna teach these kids taxidermy and crush their souls and process them in this terrible, terrible system that we have. And those people are are the ones who turn colors in the film. They are. And you know what's so funny, too, is that everybody knows exactly what the fuck is going on. Like, you're watching <laughs> this weird magic show with balloons and shit, like, flying around. And it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. But as soon as that fucking cat comes out, like, nobody even turns color at first. You know what I mean? Like, they're already like, oh, this is terrible. Like, oh, this is an insult to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before the cat even comes out, you know? You're wrong. Like, like bef well, You're they, wrong dude, about these this. No, right. no. No, because the first, first thing that happens is that couple turns red, and everyone's like, whoa, wow. And then someone tor turns purple, and they're like, oh, shit. And then a bunch of people start turning colors, and then they start running for the door. I watched this. I knew well, well, the thing is, night. is that they all know what the color coding means. Like we don't. Well, he no the the, magi the he, magician he the magician yeah the magician says it before the cat comes out. He yeah. says yeah he says here's what the you colors were paying mean. attention, Greg. <laughs> well, it's hard to read <laughs> subtitles, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're stoned. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when we get to the weed recommendations, I have a very specific, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, ritual that I think should be employed on this film. It is this this one had this one has a difficult language barrier, which is why it probably didn't break through to the states. Yeah, they, yeah. if it had like so yeah. I said, if they, if it had the Pippi Longstocking treatment, then we would all know this movie like Alice in Wonderland. For sure, you know, like um. But yeah, I, I, I he, think he, listen, he, the, listen, the, the, magi the magician does explain it right before the cat comes out. He does, he does explain that, but the evil headmaster of the school, mm -hmm. like he's Charlie. he's loving the movie up until there's like a mock bow and arrow and up until there's like shooting shirts and things yeah. like the little shirt goes, uh, and he's like, this is horrible. This is terrible. Well, it was like, a representation of what was happening slash what was going to happen. He picked up on it right away. Well, he, he, like, also the, 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 the teacher called him a murderer for killing the stork right in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I really hope okay, no yeah. storks were her harmed in the making of this film. Oh they're, dude. Unfortunately you... they're probably. Worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to definitely talk about, and well, you know, minor and incredible shrinking man. But, there, uh, no, don't. No, oh my god, I'm no, gonna no, cry. No. Uh, it's okay. It's it's not what you're thinking. It's more tarantula uh, related. Oh well, I was okay. so okay. Yeah. I don't, anyway. yeah. they didn't put the cat on a hot plate and make him dance. No, well, no. this was the, the cat. The cats are very well behaved in this movie. They're great actors. Yeah, I gotta say. Yeah, I, they, I don't know really the good. cat's names like we do with uh, Incredible Shrinking Man. But it's a very it's a very progressive message that the yeah. the, the, the teacher teaches at the end of the kids when he 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 gets his spine, but he. Gets 
gets his he gets his spine and to to stand up to the headmaster and go like, hey kids, this is a bullshit. Like, yeah, we don't need to do this anymore. We have. Isn't it better to catch life on film? He says, which is pretty cool. Yes. For 1963. Yeah. I like that. While, while Disney was pushing uh, lemurs <laughs> off of cliffs, this guy's saying this. Lemmings. Check us Lemmings, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you get a feeling that there was a weird time loop thing happening in this movie? Like that Olva tells the story of what happens in this movie before anything actually happens. And everything in the, he says happens to Robert. And yet there's... A double of him that comes through and yes. reenacts everything. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't think about that till now. Going on? It also ends the way it, be, it bookends, like in a, yeah. in a wraparound. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Like maybe it's just like all life is cyclical kind of thing. And I was and trying to figure it out. History it repeats little, itself. It is interesting. No, I didn't. It wasn't clean. It wasn't a clean, you know, matching. It was kind of. Yeah. I tried to not pay attention to that part. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. The vibes are good. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's well, all vibes. Sure. Any evidence? All good vibes. Any evidence of this movie on TikTok at all? Or are we just moving to weed? Okay. I just want to say TikTok. No, TikTok doesn't know about this movie doesn't know about this absolute masterpiece <laughs> it's a shame you're gonna have to change that i found one singular fan edit for this movie by zero zero mile uh so shout out to them for being the only person on tiktok with taste oh man zero zero mile old movies for young stoners salutes you <laughs> I also, one last thing, I loved the polycule representation in this movie. Is uh, there one? <laughs> yeah, did you not see everybody, all of those thruples, like, dancing around with, they were all in love with each other? That's what, oh, I didn't realize that's what I it was. I thought oh. it was. I thought oh. that was, yeah. That's really funny. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's one line in this movie I just want to get out of the way, and it's where the, he to talk about the, the language barrier with the subtitles in this movie, there's the headmaster, Charlie, the bad guy in the movie, he says, I don't like like felines i don't like their inherent falsehood the fuck does that mean anyway go on. well th that's that's just the trump thing you know he's projecting everything yeah. that he is guilty oh, of onto his enemy yeah. he's saying that I, we are not going to be slandered by this cat i did everything i could and they indicted me <laughs> actually the, the, the cat is kind of like trump he's draining the swamp okay people no, just oh, <laughs> definitely that cat is draining that fucking czechoslovak swamp okay oh weed recommendations greg you said you had a very specific weed recommendation for well it's just it's not you can smoke any weed for this i yeah i, I <laughs> and and I did. I smoked every weed for this. Any 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 not every weed, but any weed. He I was polyamorous with the weed. For this I was film. not uh, <laughs> real strict about noticing what I was smoking. Um, it's you know just something for my bag of tricks. Anyway, I think that what you should do is <laughs> wait until the exposition is out of the way, then get high. That's what you should do. You should pay attention to what's going on in the subtitles that lays everything out for you. Then let the hammer down. Get those rocks on your head. Once the circus comes to sound, maybe that's that's what yeah, it, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Like about 20, 20 minutes in. It is a little. It in. is takes a little bit for this movie to start cooking, people. But it, it does. It. It's a little bit of a slow burn, <laughs> and then it gets fucking fantastic. Yeah, and then there's a little bit of a dip toward the end because it's so many. So many people talking and not enough cat. When the cat goes missing, 
the you can see the void it leaves in the life of everyone and in yourself watching the film. You know, it's just one of those things. But I yeah. love that fucking cat. The townspeople hate the, the, the kids love that cat. I get it. I get the love for the cat. Mm-hmm. Tabby. That cat is lovable. Tabby. I did an opposite thing because I, I used gummies. And uh, for Christmas, uh, our good friends, friends of the show, Barb and Darren, uh, related to Greg and Fulina Darren is. Uh, he's Greg's cousin. They gave me some gourmet edibles from James Beard Award nominee Nicole Rucker. Uh, oh, wow. Thanks to Barb and Darren for this. Nicole is known for her rustic desserts, and these gummies are based on her seasonal apple pie, and they do taste Ooh. so good. But unlike her apple pie, each gummy boasts two and a half milligrams of THC with another two and a half milligrams of CBD. So they're a bit mellowing. I recommend eating two of these things about two hours before you start this movie and then another one or two of them right before you watch it. So you get extra high near the end. Now for Felina, double those amounts. (laughs) <laughs> Felina's looking very concerned. I was gonna say, damn, Bob, that's a lot. That's oh, a really? lot for you. That's oh, a lot for you. Yeah, seven and for a half you. milligrams to ten. I I even like did like uh, you know, I did one right before the movie and then another near the end of the movie, but I think that just gave me weird yeah. How many milligrams are in a gummy? Two and a half. Oh, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, well, well, I love how I love how fucking egalitarian it is for Bob to recommend these gourmet fucking gummies (laughs) from this California chef. Yeah, yeah. For our fans, sorry for our fans in uh, you know in uh, uh, Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. San Leandro. I couldn't. If Barb and Darren had to get him in San Francisco, there's I can't find him out. It's Smokeland. You're kidding. Smokeland's gonna fucking carry these things. Thank you, Barb and Darren, for getting them. And I do want to say before I turn it over to uh, Felina and Corey for their weed wrecks, check out uh, Darren's podcast, The Cultural Futures Exchange, which he does these deep dives in pop culture. He has a two episode uh, series on the Phantasm movies and its movies and and Guy Rock, and they, they go into depth, him and his uh, co-host. Uh, what's his co-host Jeff, name, Greg? His co-host, Jeff Demoff. And I, I really enjoyed the um, the Three's Company episode as well. That Ooh. was a great one. Yes. Felina, your weed wrecks. Okay, for the baddies on a budget. I love yeah. this stuff. I got some shake, as I usually do, because I don't have any money, and that's great. <laughs> I got black truffle. Mm. which is a hybrid. It Apparently, you feel aroused, talkative, and energetic. I felt very energetic for this movie. It was very nice. Woo-hoo! <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, it was great. I was jumping off the wall when everybody was dancing. I was Look at that up cat. It has sunglasses on. What the fuck? Yeah, for real. For real. It was so great. It was so... I, I, I really, really love this strain, actually. Um, it's my first time trying it. I, I feel like it pairs perfectly perfectly with with honestly both of these movies but i didn't smoke uh black truffle for the other movie but apparently it also helps with depression bipolar disorder and fatigue i don't know i felt great so <laughs> and felina for our listeners that are do have a dispensary near them and, and are in a legal state so do they just walk in and say i'll take a bag of shake like sometimes shake isn't on the menu so, so yeah, help help oh, our help I, our listeners <laughs> I don't really know because I order oh. mine online. Okay, I order mine on Rebud. <laughs> well, Shake Shake is the best deal usually. What? Yeah. Online? Yeah. You're ordering on weed online? I, 
I do it. Always... I've never heard of this website. Do it. Do a shout out to them. What is it? Oh, called? Rebud. I Rebud? love Rebud. Rebud okay. is what I always, always, always use. They deliver to your house. All you have to do is pay them in cash, and then they uh, and you get your weed. It's great. Nice. They don't even have Crazy. a square thing connected to their phone. They, they, you could do square. Like, okay, you could do good. Square. <laughs> Tap to pay. Rebud. Okay. So Rebud is the Instacart of weed. I take it. Yeah. One of the one of them, but this one's the one that Felina recommends. So I'm going to try one it. That out. I always use because it's the cheapest. They also have a lot of deals. You hear that, Rebud? We love your product. If you hey, we'd love to talk about it more, Rebud. Come on, let us <laughs> come on. Uh, old movies for young stoners at Gmail. Old movies for Get in touch Sponsor with us. us. Yeah, get in touch with us. As Otherwise, I, we're just going to have to go to DoorHash. Door hash. I, I will say one thing about the shake just before we get to you, Corey, is I am seeing it more at the Harborside dispensary in San Leandro that I go to, which which tells me maybe the economy isn't so strong. Like we're seeing more shake. And more <laughs> well, people sh- shake is the best deal. And oftentimes it is like the strongest weed because you just get all those crystals distilled right there down in the shake. It's usually half price than what it is buying Bud. And no no shame, no judgment in buying a big old bag of shake. It'll get you hella high. That's what For I'll say. For real. I could get, you get like 28 grams, like a whole big ass bag. Yeah. For like 30 bucks. That's tight. Um, but I am so excited I get to talk about my favorite strain of all time. And that's my strain that I'm recommending for the Cassandra cat. And that's cat piss. Cat piss. Mm. Ever since I've been a young stoner. And because it, it really smells like cat piss, people. That's why it's named it. It's a sativa marijuana strain, and it's uh, based off a of super, super silver haze. It produces uplifting effects that leave the consumer feeling happy and functional. Cat piss features sweet and piney flavors. It gets its namesake because of its uniquely pungent aroma. It helps with nausea, headaches, and arthritis, uh, and it get, makes you talkative, energetic, and uplifted. It helps with anxiety and depression. There are some negatives which can make you paranoid, dizzy, and dry mouth, but I love cat piss weed. I always have. Everyone, go to your local dispensary and buy some cat piss and watch this crazy-ass Czechoslovakian movie. Okay, the Cassandra Cat is part of Criterion Channel's Cat Movies series, and there are a lot of other great cat movies in there, like That Darn Cat, Cat from Outer Space, uh, from Disney, House, the crazy 1977 Japanese movie. If you don't have Criterion Channel already, just drop some other streamer you haven't watched in months, Hello, Peacock, and pick up Criterion. (laughs) You will not regret it. Orson Welles speaking. I just saw the impossible happen before my astounded eyes. I saw a man grow smaller and smaller day by day. I saw the loneliest and most frightened creature on earth living a nightmare in a world of giants. The incredible shrinking man. The incredible shrinking man. Orangey was a marmalade tabby cat who seemed destined for stardom. He won a Patsy, the animal equivalent of an Oscar, for his very first screen appearance as the title character in Rhubarb, a 1951 comedy about a cat who inherits a baseball team. But Orangey soon found himself in a sophomore slump as he went from stealing scenes from Oscar winner Ray Milland to slumming it and sporadic appearances on TV sitcoms. By 1957, 
Orangey was ready to leave Hollywood behind when Universal International cast him as Butch the Cat, a gentle house cat turned vicious killer in a science fiction picture about a man who shrinks so small that he becomes a tantalizing cat toy. Orangey knew his mood shift had to be believable for the movie to work, and he ordered the film's crew to jab him with poles off camera to make him more agitated as he hissed and swatted at his diminutive human prey. Suffering for his art paid off though, and this performance put Orangey back on top, and he soon took home another Patsy for Breakfast at Tiffany's, making him the feline Spencer Tracy or Tom Hanks. But right now we've got Orangey in the movie that he is best remembered for. Directed by 50s sci-fi specialist Jack Arnold and written by the legendary Richard Matheson, this is The Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, Corey, before we get into this, do you want to give us a, a little bit more of a summary than I have here? Well, this really handsome dude's hanging out with his total babe. He's he's they're 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 hanging out on a boat, just like lounging around in the summertime, and uh, he's being a little bit chauvinistic. She's standing her ground though. He's like, "Hey, babe, get me a beer." She's like, "I'm not gonna get you a beer. What are you talking about?" But she eventually gives in, gets him a beer. While she's gone, this mysterious radiated fog appears and envelops him. He's like, "What it's the glittery. hell?" Glittery, glitter, yeah, Gl glittery fog. She comes back. She's like, "Dude, why are you so glittery? You're like a Twilight vampire." He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> and so he becomes a Cullen. A, a couple, a couple weeks, months later, he's noticing that he's like his clothes aren't fitting right. He's like, "What the hell?" He goes to the doctor, which is this dude who is in a. I know him as Gidget's dad on the new Gidget. And oh then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> William, William Shallert. He is the man who that guy. He's in. He's in so many things, right? He's he amazing. mansplains so many science fiction movies, and then that's Joe yeah. You are getting smaller. There's no medical precedent for what's happening to you. Joe yeah. Dante put him in the. Uh, he put him in a lot of movies. He's in Inner Space, which is another Shrinking Man movie. It's fun. It's fun to see these actors. So yeah, I recognize that doctor right away. This doctor is like, "Hey, man, you are shrinking. What the hell? I'm going to send you to the California California Medical Institute." So he sends him to Mister Drysdale from the Beverly Hillbillies, who's like, "Yo, dude, you Milburn. are you are effort you are effing shrinking, bro," and. Um, <laughs> I forget the explanation why, but it turns out that he was exposed to DDT, this insecticide, and mixed that with the radiated cloud that he had when he was lounging out with his uh, babe. That, for some reason, is making his cells shrink. Now, now he's shrinking. They can't figure out how to reverse it. And then some shenanigans ensue. And some amazing effects happen. Everything, this, you know, this is before CGI people, so everything's in camera. It's it, or matte painting, and it's very impressive. I I want I, I can't wait to talk more about this movie. The funniest part is when he's like child sized. <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, this guy's shrinking. He we don't know what to do. Uh, that's basically the plot of the movie, and it it, it quickly. I'll say this before we get into the super discussion. It quickly becomes one of the silliest things you've ever seen. To this existential, really heavy crisis of what is masculinity what is it to be human what is existence so what what begins as a pretty stupid silly concept comes becomes a very terrifying existential horror movie which really hit me pretty hard do you guys have the same kind of uh, feeling on this movie as i do 
I, I will say this uh, before I turn it over to my co-hosts here is that boomers seeing this movie in the 50s as children led them to join cults and go zen and become buddhists ah, and things yeah. in the 60s and 70s like they were this movie like rocked people's world and it definitely like and i think universal knew it was different because instead of like a theremin at the beginning and the kind of stock sci-fi kind of music you've got that crazy sad like a uh, bolero kind of like horn, like this kind of jazz bull, sad bullfighter Toreador music with a bl- blaring horn and stuff. Like they, they knew it was different. This is my first time seeing it. You know, you this is one of those movies you hear about your whole life and you're like, I don't need to see it. I know what it's about. Like, yeah, it, it hit me pretty hard, y'all. Uh, Felina, your, your thoughts on Incredible Shrinking Man. First of all, I really appreciate how quickly we got into the story. I think uh, it just happens like immediately. Like you are, as soon as you watch, as you turn on this movie, you're in. Um, and I really, really, really appreciate that, especially after the Cassandra Cat, which had a little bit more of a, you know, like this is Able what's setting. going on, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I really like that. I do think that this is a really good double feature. I uh, I watched these back to back, and it was super, super fun. <laughs> When I was so stoned, I wrote, this movie made me say, what the hell? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's I, good. And I, I think you told me, I, didn't you, didn't I watch this when I was a kid, Dad? We may have watched it. I mean, it's totally would have I been on the... I feel like I've the, seen uh, this before. I, I think I've seen it before. I remember, I remember watching it as a little kid, I think. And I thought I remembered him going back to normal and not staying the same well that that's what universal wanted is they wanted him to reverse uh before we get too far into this i do want to say for people who haven't seen this yet to that we are going to have spoilers in the discussion of this because i don't think we can adequately as Corey's already yeah we can't adequately discuss this movie without without tripping over the ending a bit 80 year old movie it's fine yeah Yeah, i mean spoilers (laughs) he does seen it by now he does become so small that he's menaced by Orangey the Cat, and Orangey the Cat was front and center in the film's ad campaign, in the trailers, and on the posters. That's the image is Orangey trying to kill uh, Grant Williams as Scott Carey. Iconic, uh, iconic cat. But he keeps shrinking, and he's so small, nobody can even see him, and he lives in the basement and struggles to survive in the basement and to get this stale cake his wife left on on this uh, workbench. And there's a spider and he is in a struggle for survival with a spider, which is played by a a Peruvian or Panamanian tarantula, because those were the bigger ones that they could adequately photograph back then. In the novel, The Shrinking Man by Richard Matheson that it's based on that uh, the spider's a black widow, which is even creepier, but they just didn't have the special effects chops back then. Now, Bob, Jack Arnold also directed Tarantula. Yeah, he direct, He was the most experienced uh, tarantula director. He knew how to direct. Uh, what they did, Felina. <laughs> Do you think did your, they use this? Did they use the same tarantula as in from the movie Tarantula? He he 
he doesn't believe so because some of the tarantulas fell apart in the filming of oh, these things. Oh, I knew it. Oh, oh, I was yeah, hoping that, I hoping they were really killing, killing that tarantula. Good. It looks, I, yeah. yeah it looks like it really people. dies. I mean, uh, Ray Harryhausen, stop motion <laughs> Greg's animation. like, I don't care. <laughs> Ray, stop motion animation like saved so many animals' lives. Um, so we got to hand it to Ray for doing, doing special you, effects that way. But they would blast the tarantula with like these little bursts of air to get it to move one way or the other. Oh. Well, that's not that's not too bad. Bursts well, of air. Okay, but how about when the director himself, Jack Arnold, had a little hook on a string and himself hooked that spider and pulled it and like, yeah. like got him like that's that's a that's, little iffy that is i think iffy. that there's no special effect that could have recreated the very dead looking spider uh <laughs> at the at the end of that i mean yeah. but hopefully i was really hopefully it was one it. that the wrangler had uh, saved the 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 corpse of one that had died of natural causes, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Hollywood time is money. I really, really thought that he was gonna ride the spider. <laughs> I really thought that, and I was like, "That'll be so cool!" And he'll get out. And I thought Richard the spider Madison was gonna be. I, I thought the spider was gonna be like his food source. Like he's gonna eat the spider. I, that was another thought. Yeah, it's a protein, yeah. 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 I mean, Instead, why not? he goes for this massive thing of bread or cheese. Cake, it's like cake. a cake. It's like it's a, a cake. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, you leave a cake out on on a shelf. Well, you saw your... they they foreshadowed the cake. Yeah. No, you know? I know, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, they don't. Who leaves a cake out on? Well, not yeah. he could have had he, he could have had that cheese in the mousetrap so easy too. He like made it way more. He made it. Oh he, my god! He yeah. made it way more difficult for himself. But um, what did for you real. think? Of, what did you think of these special effects, Felina? Like uh, I oh my god, it was so 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 cool. My one of my favorites was when he's talking to his his brother's talking to him and saying like, "Hey, you should get people to give you money if you." I mean, you're going to be a sensation anyway because it's a crazy <laughs> right. medical thing. Like, you should get people to give you money. And then it pans to him, and he's just this little kid sitting on this massive chair. So funny. I so funny. loved that. Oh, yeah. my God. That uh -huh. made me crack my ass. I was so, so, I don't know. I love there's, that There's so, much. so many amazing effects, and the set design yeah. on this is incredible. I hope some of that stuff is around and in, in a museum somewhere I could go look at. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, when I was a kid, I'm, like, old enough that when I first, the first time we went to Universal Studios and they still had the Jaws shark, the mechanical shark attack, the tram and stuff, um, they had a display like just out on a field of the props from this movie. Oh, I remember that too. I remember the giant pencil. I remember the pencil it. and the yeah. scissors. And, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, they still had it into the into the 80s and stuff, I guess. But I was thinking about that and it seems because it's in black and white, it seems like, oh, that's such an old movie. But really, if we were to go to one of these places now, we wouldn't think it would be weird if they'd have uh, displays of stuff from the Lord of the Rings movies or the Harry no, Potter movies, the first yeah. Harry Potter movies. It's the equivalent of that. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, that's because this movie, when I was there, this movie was probably only about 20 years old. I, I loved this one effect, which was one of the simplest effects, but it was so it was so good is when he's just like he's like, I need to drink water. And so he sees like a, a water heater leaking in the basement plop, and just like every drops just like so loud plop, and he like goes up and gets water from one and it like hits his hand so hard. I, it was really cool, but I'm so impressed with the effects in this movie. It's just like beautifully done. 
You know, like I, I'll say, oh yeah. Once it becomes an action survival movie, I don't like it as much as when it's like him dealing with the crisis at hand, and um, I like that stuff more. There is uh, one point where he, um, where he's shrinking and he meets another little person and he wants to have sex with her. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, he's not. See, that's wife. who I thought you were talking about about the hottest woman in film. No, I'm talking about that's the, who I'm I talking thought about you his, were talking his, about. his wife. His wife. His wife. <laughs> in the beginning, she's wearing that like that bikini. She looks great in the beginning of this movie. Uh, oh, Louis, Randy Louis. Stewart is yeah, Randy Louis Stewart. Terry. Yeah, and Louise. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. And then April Kent Louise. is the little person, and she's just a regular sized person done Peter Jackson. Force perspective yeah. and rear projections. But style. he stops shrinking when he meets someone he wants to have sex with. You notice that's that? usually what happens to men. So <laughs> so he could have is this implying that he could have stopped the shrinking process himself? No, he had a medical procedure that that halted it temporarily. But oh, okay. Yeah. That's he yeah. still no, was he, shrinking. He was gonna have sex with her, and then he was like, "Wait, I'm shorter than you." No. No. <laughs> I, I just ran you know, away. I, I have to say, I have to say, I fucking love the way this movie talks about male impotency, rage, yes. emasculation. It's all about the anger of men yes. losing the power that they have in the world. And it, you notice, like, he's, the Incredible Shrinking Man is kind of a dick. Yeah. You know? Like, he's kind of a dick yeah. from the very Get me fucking a beer, jump. Wife. Yeah, he's demanding from a beer jump. right away. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I could understand you're shrinking. You're, you're kind of short with people. <laughs> Didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Uh, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, you're a little bit curt, you know, in your replies. But he gets, he becomes a little bit monstrous in uh, the way he, you know, treats uh, especially his wife. You know, it's, 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 it's like really very thematically rich story. And, you know, I can get what you're saying, Corey, about, you know, uh, that kind of part of it is more explained when when he's before he gets down to the basement and when he goes down to the basement he's essentially in another planet yeah it's it's an action movie at that point yeah i mean uh, but but that's what that the thing is i view that as like the smaller he gets the bigger his problems get like you've got you're stuck in the basement God, that scene where he's yelling out to his wife in the flooded basement. Louise! And he can't, they can't hear him because the water's splashing and they probably couldn't even hear him anyway. You know, it's so fucking heartbreaking. I feel for the guy, even though he's been a dickhead this whole time, I think that part of that third half is he's kind of proving to himself that he's still a man. Like he's proving to himself that he can still do things and and that he's still a master of a smaller world and then i just love that fucking pseudo philosophy where he's like i'm going from the smallest thing imaginable to soon becoming the biggest thing imaginable as i go into the world of atoms and 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 which atoms kind of look like sol- little solar systems you know like maybe he's going into a whole another universe you know like what the fuck is happening uh, when you get down that small, he's entering a quantum world. He might be a fucking god, the man of the future, right? That's what they call him. It's fucking crazy. For God, there is no zero. Yes, dude. 
It's just a fucking, this is a masterpiece. And he also says at one point, which is such a hard-hitting line, he's like, well, Louise can't see me, and, and my brother can't see me, but God will always see me. Like, right. Damn, right. that's heavy, dude. That's heavy. Right. <laughs> I, st- I, am st- I still exist is the last line of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's like, dude, yeah. yeah that's I pa- mean, so powerful. It's great. It's fucking great. Not only is it heartbreaking that he, um, when at that point that they, like, he, they, they can't hear him, but like, yeah. it's also so fucked up that they think that he, the cat just ate him. And, uh, <laughs> and like, oh, he's licking his paws. There's, like, even, yeah, there's even a na- there's a national news there's a national news story like on Walter Cronkite's like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the shrinking man has been eaten by a cat. Yes. Uh, now back to your regularly scheduled program. I, I, a, a common house cat at that. Yeah. Like, talk, yeah. They just slag Orangey, who's the Marlon Brando of fucking cats. Yeah. They just fucking oh, yeah. slag poor Orangey. Jack Arnold wrote that soliloquy. That was not Richard Matheson. Oh, wow. Uh, Rich, but Richard Matheson was upset by the ending of this movie. And also this the book is written in flashbacks which Universal didn't like and Jack Arnold felt that. And I, I actually agree with Arnold on this too, is that when you do flashbacks, you take away the film suspense that if you do it in a chronological fashion. You know, what, you know that he came out okay because he's telling you the story. That whole thing, you think that would come from Richard Matheson because it's so deep, but that was yeah. actually Jack Arnold. He, That's amazing. What yeah. a, what Dude, a writer. Jack Arnold is great. Now, what there a writer, is, yeah. if you watch this movie on the Criterion channel, there is a making of interview with jack arnold that is fantastic okay. and that's why i learned about him hooking the spider with the fish hook <laughs> okay and what did you think of his storyboards because he drew his own storyboards for this he movie drew his creature. own storyboards it's amazing and you know like i i admit when i saw this movie as a kid i watched it and i watched all the special effects and i said i know how they did that i know how they did that the whole fucking time i said i know how they did that <laughs> and it's like yeah but you have no appreciation like 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 he you fucking make it without computers you know what i mean like jesus fucking christ he built a a, a giant set of the a duplicate of that living room he did amazing work like there like the green screen you know uh uh compositing isn't perfect but it it's but it doesn't take you out of it and I love how there wasn't a like a stupid giant paw that came in to the room with him. They did it all with the cat. And the cat is doing that weird, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like the way cats kind of reach. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get know. mice. I've seen cats yeah. like when I was a kid, my our cat, when I was a little kid, just kind of casually reached under like yes. the cabinet and pulls out a mouse. It's just exactly. like, oh, there's a mouse now. That makes it because we've seen that. We know what that looks like. And he's doing that to a man. He also did mention, though, Bob, that there were a team of cats. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if you watch Rhubarb, which is also part of the Criterion Cat Collection, and I recommend Rhubarb a lot. And it was there's a scene where they're trying to prove that Rhubarb is the owner of this baseball team and they wheel Mm -hmm. out all these other fucking Rhubarbs. So there's like there in that movie, there are four or five other cats in one scene that are all orangey. They all have orangey's big balls. And I mean, if you look at, (laughs) if you look at IMDb, there's movies credited to orangey in the seventies and there's no way that cat from 1951 is still alive by 1969. Yes, he is. He's a movie star. Movie stars don't die. Uh, (laughs) Plastic surgery. 
it's never. It's time once again for the first time in 2024. This is the TikTok Report with Felina Franklin. Hello, hello everyone. We are back with a with a pretty extensive TikTok report this time. Um, let me just jump right into it. Drooby Dooby Movies uh, on TikTok has a really good video on the Incredible Shrinking Man. He uh, is another online stoner who collects uh, Criterion films. Um, oh, wow. And he, yeah, and he has a really good video of him breaking down the Incredible Shrinking Man's plot and talking about the visual effects. Some of the key comments are, at Grunch says... <laughs> It's really incredible to see the lengths films went to when we didn't have such powerful VFX. It almost makes the older films look better in a way. I yeah, agree. It, agree. But also almost. It's just funny. I don't know. The wording of it was funny to me. <laughs> well, you know. David Blakesley also has a review of The Incredible Shrinking Man where he calls it cheesy and unintentionally goofy and calls the profound bit at the end charmingly ambitious for a drive-in B-movie and Ooh. says, quote, there's actual suspense if you lose yourself and go along with the absurd premise. He also questions why the movie like this is in the Criterion Collection, saying it doesn't seem to be a hefty classic that needs to be archived permanently. What is what I, is this guy's name? David Blakesley. Yeah, what, you, a, what a small mind. You don't understand cinema, <laughs> a, you simple man. What a small man. mind. Yes, I mean the <laughs> the incredible shrinking brain. There you go. Uh, exactly. <laughs> what a loser. Get out of here. You don't have any get, right to get talk out, about. Yeah, me. get out he of here. He he is also he's he's not a I mean from what I know from his stuff, he's not a stoner, but he does collect a lot of Criterion films. He needs he needs to start he starts smoking. He yeah. starts He's smoking that weed. Yeah. Open your third um, eye, bro. Some comments on that video were, um, I saw it from BYD037. Saw it when I was in when it first released. I had just finished fourth grade. Went by myself. It was profoundly moving to me, a 10-year-old. Wow. At Race Runner says, watched my first Criterion film today, A Life Aquatic, at Dunkin' Donuts on a portable DVD player. Laughed out loud. It was great. Murray is a legend. <laughs> Wait, that's on an incredibly shrinking man video. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Criterion Criterions aren't meant to be watched on your portable DVD player at Dunkin' Donuts. People, At a Dunkin Donuts. Uh, Donuts. Just letting you know that now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of all of the ones, though. Yeah, it's okay. Life Aquatic I know, is for real. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, at Disturbed Earth put up the mousetrap scene. Joe T commented, he nailed it? Question mark, question, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation Oh, because he uses point. a nail, I get it. He nailed it? Oh well, my he, god. He didn't know. He should have, what he should have done. Okay, this made me so mad. Let me just really quick. Just push yeah. off if the he, cheese. Just push it off. Yeah, just, just push it off. Just push it off. Push the cheese off. He Be made dumb. it so much more difficult. He's so It was stuck. Oh that made me so mad. <laughs> oh, it what was stuck? stuck? The cheese was stuck. No, oh. what? I, it makes sense. No, I missed that part. I didn't get that. He was like pushing it, and then the thing was, you know, oh, it was gonna came... go off. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Craig Goldrier said, <laughs> in all caps, "Good movie, movie emoji, movie emoji, movie emoji, movie emoji." Scared me when I was a kid. <laughs> cool. Matthew Brooks said, "I'd have preferred if he got cured." 
<laughs> Boo. <laughs> another bra- another person that doesn't understand cinema. He doesn't get it. <laughs> well, Michael, yeah. Michael Young 3712 said, damn, I cried at the end. You mean he doesn't grow back? I mean, that that is it, it, it is pretty fucking shocking of an ending. It is. <laughs> I, I really I was so surprised when he didn't. It I, just, I really thought yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, honey, if you want to see them grow big again, though, and have a happy ending, go see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Maybe, maybe that's what I saw when I was a kid. <laughs> Corey, what weed did you pair with The Incredible Shrinking Man? Well, I, as I, listeners know, I love a disposable vape pen. I lose uh, my vape pens all the time, so I like to get the disposable ones. Um, and one of the, the most popular company for vape pens is a dome pen probably dome pen and stizzy are the most steezy stizzy are the most popular ones. stizzy stizzy dome pen has a new one and it's a collab with a rapper named future i guess he's popular i don't know future but um but it's it's a guess (laughs) (laughs) this is is where Corey crosses the line out of young stonerdom he's joining the council Uh Council of elders i don't know i don't know who all these like mcdonald's collabs are with either like there's a new adult happy meal i'm like who is this person i don't know who this person is but dome pen has a collab with uh future the rapper it's exclusive line all-in-one vape pen and it's super trapper tangy flavor perfect daytime companion citrus aroma uplifting effects designed to elevate your mood and inspire innovation oh it's like a yeah so this really worked with um with incredible stringy man i i really like the dome pens and this new one which is a collab with a famous rapper is really good so check check out 40 will run you by 40 bucks it'll last you two weeks um i smoked i had an i got another bag of shake this time i got two 14 gram bags of shake so i could spice it up um, I got Blue Venom, which I also really, really enjoyed. This makes you feel relaxed, hungry, and giggly, and it helps with stress, pain, and depression, which I love that. I felt really good and, and happy throughout this whole thing. Very excited. When it got to the action adventure part in the basement, I was totally locked in and enthralled, and I think it was because of Blue Venom, and I really, I don't know, I really, I really really like that one it tastes like blueberries spicy herbs and berry um which is a little redundant but what the hell leafly <laughs> what the hell leafly spam bacon and spam <laughs> well you know my weed recommendations are usually pretty opaque um i smoked weed for this movie and it was marijuana what? it was marijuana mm, weed was it green <gasps> Yes, it was green and it had little hairs on it and it was very fine weed and it was uh, a magnificent weed and I, which I recommend strongly. Well, I smoked Chem Driver, which this is totally me in the dispensary looking for something that goes with the themes of the film. And it was also <laughs> it was also 30% off at Harborside in San Leandro. They had a whole 30% off section and I'm like, I'm getting a few things here. I loaded up yeah. on some... some uh, some joints. What do they call joints now, you guys? Pre-rolls. Pre-rolls. <laughs> what are they called? Joints now? What are they now? <laughs> yeah, pre-rolls. I loaded up on pre-rolls for future episodes while the sale was going on. Chem Driver Hilarious. from Dimebag, according to the good folks at Leafly. What the fuck, Leafly? It's a hybrid weed strain made by crossing Chem Dog and Sunday Driver 
Leafly readers say it makes them feel euphoric, giggly, hungry, which totally tracks because I do find myself eating all the chocolate chip oatmeal cookies after I smoke uh, Chem Driver. And uh, this is 26.5% THC with almost no CBD. And um, what Felina said about the weed high getting you more into his struggles. I, I've seen this movie probably 10 times over the course of my life, and I never got so into his struggles in that basement. It really hit me. And also the theme song, like that, that fucking horn at the beginning of the movie like just like setting the tone for it and look we've got a dog invading the cat episode luna i brought a dog to the cat episode <gasps> but it's the most cat-like dog that's true that's yeah true. That's you know, so she true. <laughs> she is so catty <laughs> that um i just had to do it the incredible shrinking man is also part of criterion channel's cat movie series this month Besides cat movies, they've also got a Ken Russell series with the devils plus post-apocalyptic sci-fi reggae movies, which is probably what we should be featuring on the show, but we're weird that way. And they also have a bunch of movies from handmade films, George Harrison's movie studio. That's Beetle George. Lots of great shit to get stoned to on Criterion right now. Seriously, even if you can find the Cassandra cat on YouTube, you should definitely like kick Max to the curb to get Criterion. It's yeah. Yeah. loaded it is i second loaded. that it's 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 amazing their programming is incredible right now and so that wraps up the cat episode wow. dog people you can write us at old movies for young stoners at gmail to complain if you will but we definitely will do a dog episode when it yes, becomes available with oh heavenly dog starring chevy chase yes yes we'll just go totally <laughs> 80s hey big announcement for our next episode we are going into the Marloverse with ap mike from the best show yes ap mike is joining us for a pair of noirs with raymond chandler's hard-boiled gumshoe philip marlowe with murder my sweet where he's played by dick powell and then lady in the lake from 1946 where he's uh played by robert montgomery so you know we'll eventually have a movie with all the marlows in it you know with uh humphrey bogart and elliot gould they'll all join forces to fight uh <laughs> i don't know the green goblin or something <laughs> so so anyway guys big episode next all time right. uh, it's so great to see everybody so great to see the franklins and Corey and and just it's good to be back and you could stick that in your pan and vape it all right here on Old Movies for Young Stoners. Now, do you know how the kitten will earn its home at the farm? <laughs> <laughs>